Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Welcome to the Mental Health Hour. Tony Tone checking in. Uh, Blaine, good to see you. Uh, Gemma, Craig, Patty, what else? Michael. Michael, Joseph Murray, StreamYard, Stream Elements, and everybody trickling in. It's good to see everybody, as always. Um, another beautiful week. Uh, another um, another Wednesday night here in the States and over in uh, the UK. Yep. Jim in Chicagoland just subscribed. Jim, thank you for the 16 months. Uh, it's crazy that we've been here for that long. I know. Um, Gemma, how are you doing this evening? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Surviving. Yeah, we got Rugrats uh, playing down for the count. Uh been a kind of hectic day mm, yeah um everybody's tired here um but anywho welcome in everybody to the mental health hour welcome to our 89th episode of this podcast vodcast whatever the hell it is um Blog, vlog, uh, journal. Anyway, whatever it is, it's a good thing. And we like having everybody here. Tonight we're discussing autism. Um, well, Gemma's going to take kind of point on tonight's episode. I wonder if, you know what I used to do when I was up here? Let me turn that off. And hang on one sec. Um, while I mess around with this, uh, Jebba is going to take point tonight because she is actually um, diagnosed on the spectrum. Um, so we've been getting a lot of, oh man, my camera went out, out of whack there. We've been getting a lot of uh, chit chat. Uh, on the Discord about autism and ADHD. Mm. Uh, so Jim and I have been talking and we wanted to kind of continue on the good uh, flow that we're getting from that. Uh, so let's break these two topics down. Um, Gemma, you and I were talking just today uh, I have ADHD, you have autism, right? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> we've, uh, we've looked at the breakdown between the two. Uh, I believe we did that on a Venn diagram style thing on our uh, live Q&A episode. Yeah. Um, without going back to that... Uh, and trying to remember everything. Um, similarities, differences between autism, ADHD. What do you have for us? They actually class ADHD as being on the spectrum. It's a 
I think it's a part of it because they are so closely connected and there are an awful lot of similarities between the two and often they can go hand in hand with each other. So whilst I don't have the ADHD diagnosis, there's certainly a lot of traits of that that I can um, relate to and with, but they are certainly very, very closely connected, as you'll see when we go through some more of the uh, slides and the information we have. But I know that this had been requested a few times, both ADHD and autism. And it is Autism Acceptance Month in April. So we thought, what better time to do it and break it down a bit more, giving it its own episode. Yeah. Because it can be very closely connected with mental health as well. Absolutely. And having it can affect your mental health and vice versa. So why not? So tonight we'll take it. A good look at autism. Gemma's going to lead the lead the uh, show tonight, um, and then um, not next week. Next week we're looking more towards body image, but uh, coming up we'll be diving back into ADHD, and I will take point on that one mm -hmm. um, because we do get uh, a lot of good conversation um, generated from not just the um, comments uh, coming in from listeners, uh, but also it, uh, it seems that we've struck a nerve or something uh, with the ADHD thing uh, and the drinking. Mm. Um, so we, we might have tapped into some gold there uh, and we can talk a lot more about that. I'd love to uh, share my story because that I think is what really got me messed up. I wasn't able to concentrate. So I was drinking to concentrate essentially, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll get into that more um, on another episode, but tonight I'm going to throw it over to Gemma. Gemma's going to take us through some slides and some um, autism mm -hmm. awareness. And uh, Gemma, what do you have for us? Yeah, let me just pull them up so I can get them in the right order. Because I want to um, I think we should do this. go through what is... Are you messing with the sides? Mm. I want to go through what is what. Um, so... Where are we? Um, we will start with that one. I've not got my mouse, so you might have to help me out here. I want the one with the coloured rings around it. Oh, there we are. <laughs> that one. I've not got my mouse plugged in. Okay, so this is the uh, autistic spectrum disorder. So it's known as ASD as well as just autism because there are a lot of um, subcategories off of the autism or, or ASD 
um, which is ADHD is one of them. So ADHD is a subcategory of autism spectrum disorder. So it is you would be on the spectrum if you have ADHD, but then there's anxiety, Tourette syndrome, which is another request that we've had, which we'll, we will be covering. OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, developmental coordination disorder, uh, gifted, also known as gifted and talented, which they do a lot of in schools. I did a lot of that when I used to teach because I predominantly worked with special needs. Sensory integration disorder, auditory processing, depression, ADD, which we discussed last time, is now just really known as ADHD. Yes. Uh, ODD. Um, oh, I've forgotten what that one stands for now. It's something to do with... Oh, yeah, let's clear that up just to close that door. ADD, ADHD, same thing. Um, they've added the H. The H is hyperactivity. Um, mm -hmm. so, um, if you hear ADD, ADHD... We're, it's one and the same. We're we're talking about the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then specific learning difficulties, which can stem into things like uh, dyslexia, dyspraxia, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um. So it's all they're all subcategories of autistic spectrum disorder. And then if we look at the functions levels, which are. I'm trying to find it again. There we go. So these are the three functional levels of autism, starting from the least extreme to the most extreme. So the least extreme would be level one. Requiring support, which is like, I need help navigating a non-autistic world. Uh, <laughs> the average traits for a level one autistic spectrum disorder. People may see me as awkward or not disabled. I can befriend or date non-disabled people, but it's hard. I'm often lonely. I can handle change, but I prefer routine. My fidgeting is seen as quirky or annoying. People may think that uh, people may think my developmental delays are signs of laziness or insecurity. And then please know that. Social interacts, social interactions, put my teeth in, are challenging. Please be understanding and offer help. I struggle more than I let on. Meeting others' expectations is exhausting. Please be patient. And I deserve respect and support. So level two, which is midway. I need help handling everyday challenges. So the average traits of a level two on the ASD, people can usually tell that I have a disability. My social life is very limited or non-existent. Coping with change is very challenging. My repetitive behaviours are noticeably unusual. So can we take a second right there? Mm -hmm. uh, coping with change is very challenging. That yeah. I feel like is the is the uh, the the key to autism, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, my step kids, uh, the twins, 
are on the spectrum. They mm-hmm. uh, do not accept change well. And mm-hmm. that is, now they're not like, they're, they're very low on the spectrum, but um, change is a big thing like, mm-hmm. with autism. Can yeah. we can we dive into that a little more? Yeah, like um, a lot of people that have autism like a, a routine and they like to know what's coming up and I know with Thomas, my son, if you, you I can't say to him, give me two minutes, because he will take that literally. And a lot of people with autism will do that. And they if you tell them that this is going to happen and this is what's happening today, that's what they like. And then if something goes wrong, or say for example, you have a, an appointment planned um and it's on this day at this time and then all of a sudden things change and it's either cancelled or given a uh, a later time that really will mess with their routine and like it can be very very upsetting for them or if say for example if they're at school and they've got their lesson timetable and all of a sudden a particular lesson's cancelled or it's changed or um, things, when things happen and school could be cancelled due to the weather, for example, that's a significant change to the routine and their day. And it can be quite distressing for them. Um, even down to small changes, just little changes down to things like what they have in their pat lunches or um change if a brand like for example my son likes a specific type of fish fingers he will exactly. only have that particular one and if you change that he will not eat them that was that was uh something i was getting ready to talk about as well food mm. it, uh if if something is off with the food mm-hmm. uh, it it gets thrown it's uh not not allowed, right? Yeah. It's uh, all down to like the textures and things as well. Some some people will have this thing about the textures and the the feel of things, and it can be really quite intense. So if your routine is set for, hey, we're going to have burgers tonight, mm-hmm. and you, normal people, uh, I hate this goddamn thing. I can't say that. Because everybody's normal, right? Um, so normally, we would expect to have some burgers, right? But if burgers were not able to be cooked that evening, or something happened, uh, and now we got pizza, how do you say it? Uh, folks will be like, all right, I'll have a slice of pizza. Um, mm. And people on the spectrum will be throwing shit and. Yeah. Right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah. The word that is used for those that are not on the spectrum is neurotypical. 
So if you are not on the autism spectrum, you are known as neurotypical, which would be the other word for normal. Um, so that's the word. Um, if you're not on the autistic spectrum, you are neurotypical, which no. means uh, the, the meaning of that is to the average, to be roundabout like everybody else, to be the expected level for people of your age, your category, like it, it's the norm kind of thing. Yeah, you just got to be careful <clears throat> how you say it. Yeah, but like like you were saying with the food, um, an example of that, I was taking <laughs> Thomas to McDonald's a couple of weeks ago and he knew in his mind what he wanted. They did not have that at the one we had and Q meltdown. So I had to drive all the way to the next one to get it from there just to save what would be a huge meltdown and then he didn't want to eat it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it can be hard to accept. Depends on the on the level as well. I am. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I, um, continuing on. I I'm sorry. I was. Oh, you're all right. Um. So my repetitive behaviors are noticeably unusual. I have significant development developmental delays and will meet milestones late. And then the please know that I may seem inattentive, but I hear and understand you. Uh, so like with that eye contact, that is something I really struggle with, eye contact. And I, in the end, had to learn how to make it look like I was making eye contact with people but I wasn't actually. And a good way to do that is to look at their, just above your eyebrows because uh, it still looks like you are looking at the person making eye contact, but you're not. And I really struggle with eye contact. Um, routines and repetitive behavior help me feel safe. I need a lot of help coping with stress and I deserve respect and support. And then the level three, which is the most severe of the uh, ASD spectrum, requiring very substantial support. I often need one-to-one -one support. So average traits. My disability is very obvious. I usually only communicate to express needs or answer questions. So sometimes known as selective mute. Uh, change and transitions can be unbearably difficult. My intense repetitive behavior is calming and important to me. So like um, have, having like fidget spinners or fidgets or tapping or jiggling your leg. And th there's things that people do that sometimes they don't even know that they're doing. Me. But it's a self-soothing method. Um, even sitting here listening to you read the slide, I'm... Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You've got to be doing something, like your hands or your legs have got to be doing something, and it doesn't mean that they're not listening. Right. And often I'm listening, I'm taking everything in. Yeah. If you were told, for example, though, that you had to sit still and you weren't allowed to move, 
you would be paying more attention to trying to sit still and not actually taking exactly. anything in that was being said. Exactly. So it's sometimes is a lot better to just let them get on with it. And that's why they have the fidgets and things to allow them to do something that isn't as distracting to well, others. Here, uh, I guess that's what um, these fidget spinners or what have you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's about finding something that they can do that is let me sit here and spin this thing. So my brain is doing something, but mm -hmm. I'm still listening and absorbing information. That's the key. Yeah, yeah. Because if you were told that you had to sit completely still and not touch anything, then you'd, I, I know I'd be the same. I'd be like thinking, oh, my leg hurts. I can't move it. My arm hurts. I can't move it. I've got to sit still. And then you would have absolutely zero recollection of anything that had been discussed because you'd yeah. spend that much time focusing on being still. Yeah. And it's more destructive trying to stop somebody's routine of doing that, that self-soothing thing that they do to keep their brain occupied, their body occupied, but still being able to listen. Exactly. Um, and it's certainly come a long way compared to what it was, where there are things now that you can get and things that the, they are and aren't allowing in schools, for example, with the fidgets and things to allow children that need that to have that. So it's not as distracting for other children, but they can still do something that helps them. And then... Um, the last couple routines and repetitive behaviors help me feel safe. I need help with communication skills and I deserve respect and support. Every one of them ends with I deserve respect and support. And that's the thing about these. Um, just because somebody's different and have different needs doesn't mean that they're any less entitled to or deserve respect and support. They just might need different things to help them function day to day but they absolutely deserve the same respect and support uh, everybody else it's very interesting that we are talking about this because um i mean it does kind of fit in to my life uh right now i just mm -hmm. took that uh class on how to or instructor class um you know how to teach a class mm -hmm. and there is um, when you're teaching a class, there's a lot to consider, you know, Jim, mm -hmm. you were a teacher. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, you had to set up your classroom for um, not just uh, environment, but uh, you know, well, what what are we learning that day? You mm -hmm. know, so are we in a lecture hall? Are we in you know straight formation? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. How, did you, how was the? How was a? What was a normal day for you? As a you, teacher. Yeah. Yeah. So the environment needed to be that of a. It needed to be a welcoming environment, but also one that would encourage learning. Um, mm. Every day I would set up the classroom, maybe put some things around that we would that was relevant to what we were learning about. There would be displays on the wall that would encourage and 
complement what we were learning about, say, like, depending on the age group of the children that I would be working with, it'd be things like alphabet for the younger ones down to, um, like, help and things that was connected to what we were doing, like times tables and maths rules, things like that. Yeah. And I had to... Because there was around somewhere between 28 and 30 in the classes that I used to teach. And I'd have to make sure that I was sitting children that needed to be at the front, at the front, and then not next to other children that would distract each other too much. And you get to learn what your students are like when you first come. Buddies from Mm -hmm. fucking around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some of them I had to have at the front because that would be like they would be nearer to me, so I could just keep them on task and they could see the board easier. And they would be known to just like muck around at the back thinking you can't see them. And I had to make sure that even though they were at the front, there was one particular class that I remember well. There was three of them. And you put them together, and it was hell, all hell let loose. Seriously, within mm. five minutes of you starting the class, it would just be out and out carnage. So I had to have them all at the front, near enough to me, but not near enough to each other. So it's planning that out, getting to know each student's individual needs, and accepting that for what it is, making sure that you accommodate for them but also remembering that there are 20 plus other students that also need that support. Exactly. Um, It was a school that had quite a lot of special needs in the school with varying different levels of needs. And some children would require one-to-one or one-to-two um support which sometimes was catered for often if they are diagnosed as on the spectrum and it needed like the level three would need one-to-one support there would be funding put in place to employ a member of staff for that particular child not always would they get the whole time that they're at school they would just get it for key subjects and things like that but it was it was very very challenging but at the same time they are it, they can be incredibly bright and when it mentioned about the uh, gifted and talented you can find that some children even adults that are on the autistic spectrum mm-hmm. um even though they will learn differently process things differently can be incredibly intelligent and have oh, absolutely have things that are way above average for their age range. Yeah, um, there's a whole level. There's a whole, um, well, spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and it, it is incredible to see oh. how some of the most autistic people can still play the most beautiful uh, piano Mm. um, compilations. Um, You know, there's um, Idiot's Vance. 
Is that the technical term? Idiot savant? Savant, I guess. I um, we'll have to look into that more. Mm -hmm. uh, what, like, the receptors of the brain do to, to make that happen? Because that's kind of cool. Like, mm. somebody can just jam out on a piano and, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. It's like um, in in uh, response to born that way though, like wired. Yeah, already knows how to play. Yeah, and just do certain things like yeah. be just shown how to do something, and they could just do it. It's like Thomas, my son at the moment. He has just gone and and he's only nine. He's written in code a fully functioning VR computer game and used all this script i think it's javascript or something i wouldn't have a clue and it, it is pretty basic for what he's done but for his age and how he's managed to do it i'm just blown away by it and he's one of those kids that with computers and things just show him how to do something once and he can do it and that's what it's like with many, many people with autism or that are on the spectrum. Um, it's not always classed as autism, but ADHD, as I said, is on the ASD spectrum, which yeah. would be known as an autistic trait. Um, being Having ADHD is on the ASD spectrum. Um, now, if I can just go on to... Let me have a look. We will do. We'll do this one first. Where are we? This one. So these are ten symptoms of autism. This is just a. Again, it's not a one size fits all. Some people do have these. Some people don't. There are a lot of symptoms that are a lot more common in people with autism. And they will cross over with other things like ADHD and everything else that we've discussed. So developmental learning delays, difficulty communicating, difficulty in social situations. So often people with autism prefer smaller groups rather than large crowds. Uh, attachment to unusual interests, difficulty understanding emotions, over or under sensitivity to light, sound, touch or taste, repetitive movements and behaviours, troubles with transitions, reoccurring sleep problems and insufficient impulse control. So a lot of people that, for example, the in insufficient impulse control, they might have money problems because they can't say no or I don't need that. They will just buy it. And I was watching this video uh, that somebody had made on social media, one of the other social media it, and about all the stuff that they'd ordered, forgotten they'd ordered, and then was it was like surprise packages because they, they'd ordered it, but they couldn't remember what. And I had to laugh because I ended up having to turn off the one-click buy on Amazon because I'd be terrible at sitting there scrolling half asleep, clicking the buy it now, 
and having all these packages coming to my door, having zero recollection of doing it because I was half asleep at the time, but then also just doing it and thinking, oh, yeah, I could use that for and and being able to fully justify it with myself, why I needed it. But then when it came, never actually using it. Um, and then if we look at this one. So this breaks it down a little bit more. So there's language. So I did like I did like this uh, this slide. Yeah. So this one breaks it down a bit further. So the language differences. So this is comparing people on the ASD spectrum as opposed to neurotypical, which we is classed as the norm. So delayed language, a loss of words. I, I get that so many times where I'm trying to say something and I'm just like, Bleh. my mind goes blank. And you can picture what you're trying to say in your head, but the word is just not there. So I, I can't pronounce that word, but parroting, so like mimicking somebody else. Which one? The third one down, echolalia, echolalia. Maybe parroting. parroting, yeah. Um, can label pictures but struggles asking for wants and needs, okay. pronoun errors, and a lack of or less use of gestures. I don't know that I've seen that word, Gemma. Yeah, no, I've not seen it before. Echo, I need my glasses. Fucking computers. It looks like it's pronounced as echolalia or something, but I've probably said it really wrong. But anyway, that's what it looks like. So <laughs> um, social difference. Uh, yeah, social differences. Inconsistent use of eye contact. And it may not be clear. I said that's one thing I really struggle with is eye contact. Yeah. I think the more I get to know somebody, the, the easier I find it. But it does take me a very long time. And often I can be looking all over the place. And I'm still listening, but I just cannot look somebody in the eye. And I think people find that like a sign of deception or things, but it's not always. It's just like sometimes people just struggle with eye contact. Well, it's it's kind of like sitting up here. Mm. Uh, I do not like streaming, doing this show from this position. I don't like this computer. <laughs> Mm. I don't like this desk. I don't like this chair. Um, it's different. It's not. <clears throat> it's not the change of environment that's throwing me off. It's there is a sort of home base feeling when you're at your own desk. Yeah. You know, I'm not at my. You guys watch every week. You know, I'm not at my normal spot right now. Yeah, I said the minute I came on, you're, you're in a different room. You're in a different room. And you can tell because you seem you seem more at ease when you're where you normally are. Right, exactly. Because and you're used to it and you're used to being there. I I don't have armrests on these uh, mm -hmm. chairs. You know, you can't get comfortable, talk about the material that mm -hmm. we're talking about. Like, it's just, it's not ideal to sit it's here. Now, I'm not going to throw a hissy fit, and it's not like going to end the day, 
yeah, we're going to do the show from upstairs tonight. Mm-hmm. But where autism comes in, this would wreck house on somebody that is on the autism spectrum. They would not be okay with this, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and I guess... They would not be able to function. You could do the um, the show and do the exact same episode, one from downstairs and one from upstairs, and I could guarantee that you would do a better show downstairs where you're more comfortable in your surroundings, you're happier in yourself, more familiar with your surroundings, whereas you find things that distract you. um, Yeah. Everybody everybody likes to have their comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm talking about somebody on the autism spectrum if they were uh doing this show where mm-hmm. i where i normally do it downstairs and now you have to do it up here we would have a war on our hands right like this wouldn't happen yeah. i mean it, i think it depends on the the level of severity of the autism i mean mm-hmm. i certainly prefer my own things if somebody told me last minute you can't do it on there you've got to do it with this you've got to do it in there i would be completely frazzled by that point yeah when things go wrong for me when i'm doing broadcasts if things start going wrong i get so stressed that i start then flapping about it making more mistakes that i wouldn't usually make because i'm so frazzled by it all but um yeah let's get back to um, yeah. um sorry for uh all right i just want to get through what we've got as well because i there's the video as well i think explains it oh yeah, well. yeah yeah um so um may prefer to play alone I find that with Thomas, he prefers much smaller groups. I do as well. I'm not comfortable in big groups. And then trouble with conversations. Again, I'm not too bad with people that I know or in smaller groups. But you put me in a large group and I would just rather disappear off into the background. Um, So repetitive actions. We spoke about this a few times may insist on doing things the same way or struggle with change, may play the same way, crashing toys lining up, or lack pretend play and preferred topics and toys or preferred desks, preferred environments. You know, you get used to what you're used to. And then sensory differences, so high pain tolerance. Um, I've had that said about, me i can i get joint dislocations frequently and i can put them back without problem usually it hurts but other people would probably be on the blooming floor <laughs> uh, picky eater very much so um sensitive to sounds um you can actually get these things for your ears and things that effectively turn the volume down on the noise um dislikes hair washing or cutting nail trimming and then hand flapping jumping spinning rocking like repetitive movements and things like you said with your leg and yeah um 
I'm terrible with certain things as well. Like, you don't always know you're doing it either a lot of the time. And it's when someone points it out. And I think sometimes the worst thing you can do to a person with autism is point out that they are doing something because then they become very, very aware of that and very self-conscious about that. Then they will try and stop doing it. And then that is all they focus on. They become hyper-focused on not doing that thing and then not paying attention to anything around them then god mental health is just a bitch isn't it yeah Who, who'd have it <laughs> um let's have a look um autism signs in adults if we just brought that one up where is it <coughs> i have seen it i have seen it maybe it's not up one two three no it's not up so we'll just put the video on okay. if that's all right i think that explains it okay. there we go autism is a lifelong disability which affects how people like me communicate and interact with the world there are about 700,000 adults and children on the autism spectrum in the UK. And like everyone, each autistic person has their own strengths and challenges. But all of us have difficulties with communicating and interacting with other people. This could mean not speaking at all, needing longer to process information or not understanding facial expressions. We also engage in repetitive behaviour, doing or thinking the same thing and over. This is sometimes for fun, and sometimes to help deal with our anxiety. People on the autism spectrum can also find unexpected changes, however small, very distressing. And then there is sensory overload, where noise, smells, touch, bright lights become very painful and overwhelming. All these challenges can make the world feel very scary and hard to understand and sometimes send us into physical and emotional meltdowns or shutdowns. It is very important that autistic people get help from an early age. But life can become very difficult if children or adults don't get the right support or understanding. Autistic children are three times more likely to be excluded from school. Only one in six autistic people in the UK have a full-time job. And over a third of autistic adults have reported serious mental health problems. The National Autistic Society is the UK's leading charity for autistic people. Since 1962, we have been changing society's attitudes and transforming individuals' lives. We want to create a society that works for autistic adults and children. And with your help, we can. I just thought that was uh, quite a short but uh, informative video. Yeah. And of course, that was based on the UK, but there are 
so many statistics for the US and other places. Um, it, the, there are so many. I mean, that's just on the people that are diagnosed. There's so many that go without a diagnosis getting missed. And I don't know how hard it is in the US, but to get a diagnosis over here is really, really difficult. For autism. Yeah, it's actually easier to get a diagnosis as an adult than it is a child. And as that video said, it's better to, they need to get help early on to be able to get the help and support that they need. Because by the time you're an adult, if you've gone all that time without any help and support, it's usually, there's, a, there's already so much damage that's been done that can't be undone. It can cause serious mental health problems because you think there's something wrong with you, that you're not wired right, that you're thick, that, you know, why am I like this? And um, it can it can cause many problems, but it is really difficult. And I'm currently trying to get Thomas checked because I, I really do think there is something there. But I've already been on waiting lists for oh it's gonna be way over 18 months now but it really does help to have a diagnosis earlier because then you can get the help you need yeah um i really believe that that's some of why i struggled because i know i've said before i have dyslexia and when i was doing when I was at high school doing my exams and things, particularly reading, it's as though I was trying to read and the book was shaking, like all the words would appear to move as I'm looking at it. And I eventually got coloured overlays and things to put on and it really helped. And when I finally got diagnosed and got the help I needed, which wasn't much, I, I resat the exams and powered through them, no problem. But had I have had that help in high school, I wouldn't have needed to do it right the second time round, probably. But um, I'm gonna throw this in the uh, in the chat. Um, caring for somebody versus having there's two different worlds. You know what I'm saying? Like. Mm -hmm. um, we're talking two different, entirely different levels. If there is somebody in your family that has it and you can resonate with, it, with any of those um, things that we've discussed, there is actually um, an autism test that is purely for advisory. Um, let me just pull it up and then I'll share it. But coming but sometimes up. Sometimes quick and sometimes not we're going to be discussing more on ADHD. Um, we're going to touch on domestic abuse again. Um, we started a body image thing back in episode 43. Mm. And uh, Gemma, I think we laid heavily on you for that one. Um, we want to get back into that uh, body dysmorphia, body uh, 
or eating disorders and what have you. We'll get back into body image. Um, as we discussed, we'll also take a look at ADHD, uh, grounding techniques, and uh, parenting and mental health. Yeah, we've uh, got some uh, more requests that came in as well that uh, I'll just put to you now because they could end up being uh, the following months. There was dysphoria, misophonia, paranoia, panic disorder, disassociation and dissociative disorders, postnatal depression, and then t different types of mental illnesses. So we've had quite a few requests that followed the live Q&A, which was good. And oh, a live Q&A was requested again. <laughs> what, another one? Yeah. Well, they'll keep coming. Well, yeah, we need I to enjoy doing this. We'll yeah, you going. get to touch on a, a range of um, topics. It's we'll probably be the next one. What is we're in April? Maybe June. June-ish. Yeah, we could maybe set a date for it and advertise it plenty in advance just to give people the time. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, we are going to wrap it up tonight. Uh, let's yep. do some community calendar. Of course, we got Jim in Chicagoland. Uh, please give him a follow. Give him a lot. Uh, um, like, follow, share. And uh, hop on over to Catalyst tonight, 11 p.m. I'm just going to say it, Jim, because... Uh, <laughs> we don't know anymore. We have no clue when Catalyst is. 10, 11, 12. <laughs> I so missed it last somewhere week. around that time on that day. <laughs> I missed it last week. I, I was going to uh, hop on, but I woke up the next morning, Thursday morning, and uh, my alert said, Jim in Chicagoland is live at 12.38 a.m. I'm like, Son of a gun. Uh, yeah, I, I missed it. I was out. But uh, also give Gemma, my co-host, she's over there. <laughs> Gemma, a follow. Uh, her and the Med are doing cooking broadcasts, and uh, uh, guys just went live. I saw a... Yeah, at the weekend. You, was it a cook train? Yeah, yeah, that was, but we're going to do some of our own as well. Awesome, awesome. Eric, uh, Eric J, again. Uh, Eric J Gaming, every Monday on Twitch, 7 p.m. Please uh, uh, give him a follow. He's a longtime supporter and a guest on the show. And for all things Bunny, there it is. I, I stole one that I still have up here. That Penelope hasn't ruined yet. <laughs> um, for all things bunny, check out Ella, the bunny mom. Uh, go to mybunnyvalentine.com. Use the fire dude, uh, fire dude 15 code, promo code. Get you 15% off of your purchases. Uh, I don't have much more to say. 
and I'm tired. Yeah. I need to get my ass in. We've got, we had some sick kids. Uh, allergies are awash. And I got to go ride a boo-boo box tomorrow. Oh, so I'm going to go to bed. Well, I'm going to have a little dinner. And then I'm going to go to bed. A boo-boo box? Boo-boo box. Yeah. Ambulance. Oh. Mm. <laughs> a boo-boo box. Oh, yeah. I've not heard that before. Yeah. I'm going to get a little dinner, nice shower, shave, and then bed. Yeah. You can see it right here. As I don't normally stream up here, this is uh, my bedroom. Um, but anywho, thanks guys for joining us. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll see you next week with uh, body image. Mm -hmm. Bye now.